0: Hi, I'm Carl from OSP, and this is Communicate, Connect, Grow, the OSP podcast. On today's episode, we're talking about avoiding grammatical errors in your writing with our editing code, GRAM. If you want to be a more effective writer, a more transparent editor, develop clear strategic thinking, or learn from our network of expert friends and colleagues, that's what we're here for. We divide our episodes across three themes communicate, connect, and grow. This is a Communicate episode, and we're talking about checking your grammar with our editorial code, GRAM. The gram editing code falls into the word choice phase of the editing process and it's about final checks for polishing your writing. The documentation for this code is short and simple. It says check for grammar errors.
1: Hi, my name is Felicity Brand. I work as a communications consultant at Open Strategy Partners.
0: Hi, uh,
2: I'm Chris Fenwick. I'm a communications consultant at OSP, which basically means that I handle copywriting and editing. It's my main activities.
3: Hi, I'm Jeffrey McGuire. Most people call me Jam. I co-founded OSP and this crazy idea of the editing codes was not really my idea, but it was someone else's idea about how to unpick the crazy tornado going on in my brain when I edit documents.
4: I'm Christine Bueller, and I'm a communications consultant at OSP, which means I work on writing, editing, and creating blog posts, landing pages, all sorts of writing and marketing materials for our clients. So, Gram is about checking for
1: grammar errors. Grammar errors are bad and easily avoidable. Incorrect grammar is the quickest and easiest way to lose your reader. So, gram is about using correct grammar in your writing. Um, it feels like an obvious writing principle, like an obvious editing code to have, but it's so important. It's why we have a code for it. You'll lose all your credibility as an author if if you have grammatical errors in your writing. So, that's why we have the code for it and we always edit for grammar.
2: Uh, it's a very, very simple one. It's are there grammatical errors in the text or not?
3: So, gram is our code to remind ourselves to check grammar and punctuation. We edit in four phases at Open Strategy Partners, or five, really. We look, uh, we do a positivity pass where we say, hey, this and this and this was great, and we mark it so that whoever wrote the last version, the, the first draft, for example, knows that that's good work and that reinforces that great behavior. As an editor marking something as great, also reminds me not to mess with it in my my subsequent editing. So anyway, positivity passed. Then we do the biggest scope, which is like, does this piece cover everything it should cover? And how's the narrative structure? Then we look at flow and readability. Then we look at style and phrasing. And the gram code comes in the last phase, which we call word choice, which is the smallest details. And gram is a reminder to write right. <laughs> whether you use tools, whether you use a sharp eye, whether you use experience, please get it right, make it clean. Because honestly, our clients will lose credibility if we make stupid mistakes on their behalf. So, so we, we really try to care at, at every level of detail.
2: That's like the crucial point about writing with correct grammar. Uh, I mean, you know, people will often try to argue with you and just say, oh, it doesn't really matter and this sort of thing. But actually, it does. Uh, And the reason it matters is rhetorical. If you're using the language in a way that is obviously incorrect, uh, it makes a bad impression on people. And especially in a kind of professional context like this and business marketing of course, your language has to be has to show that you show that you have high standards.
3: I completely agree. And we work essentially exclusively in the B2B technology communication marketing area. And it's a long game. Content is a long game. Anyway, content marketing, inbound marketing, all these things that we touch on. And one of our goals is to build trust between the client and the reader so between ourselves and whoever is consuming this and if we get a technology detail wrong that's a terrible sign if we choose the wrong sort of terms to address people with if we use business words instead of technology words for a developer piece for example that makes it much more difficult for people to trust us or trust our client in effect and the same goes for sloppy work so gram is all about not being sloppy
4: Graham is a pretty simple editing code. It just means check for grammar errors. Look at your grammar. Make sure it's correct.
0: Now we're going to look at how this code is used in your typical workday as an editor.
1: Yeah, look, it's really interesting because most word processing programs today have inbuilt spelling and grammar checks, um, Microsoft Word, Google Docs. You can now also go one step further and use online tools like Grammarly. OSP uses Grammarly. Um, There's also the Hemingway app. They'll help you finesse your writing and they'll look for passive constructions and obvious spelling mistakes. But even with the existence of all these tools, we, we still have this editing code for gram. When I'm editing, I think my most frequent use of this code um, is for missing words, sentences that look whole, but maybe missing a keyword, usually a conjunction that joins clauses and, but, therefore, and usually only the author knows what they meant. So when I'm editing, you know, sometimes I do have domain knowledge of what the piece is about and I can take a guess at missing word or fixing grammar. I mean, just yesterday I was editing something where I wasn't that familiar with the technology and... Yeah, I just, I just left a comment for the author and uh, for Graham. I think there's a word missing. I made a suggestion, but you know, please check to see if I have indeed resolved the issue. And so that's just going to be like a telegraph for the author to relook at that and decide how to finesse that. Because as an editor, you know, I've got my reader advocate hat on. If I trip over something, every other reader coming behind me is also going to trip over that. So it is something. Additionally, at OSP, we work with friends and clients from all over the world, for many of whom English is not their native language. So, Gram does get used in those instances as well. Usually just um, perhaps if I'm suggesting changes, I'll I'll tell them it's because of this Gram editing code.
2: Oh, well, I can't really list every possible grammatical mistake in the language. I mean, there is a kind of syntactical paradigm of what a well-formed sentence is in English and if the writer violates that then a little alarm bell goes off in your head. There are some slightly more subtle things that some people might not be aware of like whether you can use a relative pronoun that with animate things like the man that I saw yesterday rather than the man who or whom I saw yesterday. There are these slightly more subtle things like that like again, I'm stuck on that, but like using that after a that as a relative pronoun after a comma is usually not something you would do uh, because that is usually a restrictive pronoun in the way that it binds to the antecedent. So putting a comma in doesn't make sense. You would, u- if you're using a comma, you would be using which. I mean, you can go down all of the, these rabbit holes. I think there's there's some things that are just like flagrantly obviously wrong, and then there are other things that are maybe slightly more subtly wrong. There's different degrees of loudness in the alarm that goes off, but it's always a <laughs> sense alarm is ringing.
3: <laughs> you have some, you have some, some of the classic con- conflicts. Um, the perception of how to use which and that between UK and American English is is basically reversed, despite which being the relative after the comma, grammatically speaking. And so, I don't know. It it also leads to fun behind the scenes disputes sometimes. For me, it's also kind of a blended, blended part of the checking for: Are there too many pronouns here? Have I lost? Is is somebody going to e- be able to easily track w- where I started and where I'm going to? It it falls into that uh, that kind of a: Is this really making sense to me in in my in my way of approaching this?
4: The gram editing code is really helpful particularly for us at Open Strategy Partners, because we do have um, both team members and clients from all over the world. The grammar rules can sometimes differ depending on where you are. So starting at OSP, we have our own grammar guide where we all agree on certain things like when to use hyphens, you know, using American spelling instead of English spelling. And so, yeah, sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll catch that maybe when I'm going through a piece, maybe favorite is spelled with a U or something. It's just a uh, a good reminder and it keeps us all on the same page.
0: Let's explore how you can approach this code as a writer.
1: As a writer and as a native English speaker, I generally don't think about my grammar when I'm writing but nobody's perfect. There are sometimes when I stumble or when I'm just I really maybe you're having an off day or you just can't you get into your brain that something doesn't sound right you can flag that for your editor you know have I is this right you know it should it be a different way around because our editing writing process is a conversation and then the other thing I would just say about Writing for grammar is um, there are choices. You know, there is not one true way all the time. So, you do have choices with your grammar. Follow your in house style guide, or if you don't have one, the OSP writing guide, or one of the major style guides Microsoft, Apple, Google style guide. They will also have grammar decisions that you can follow. Working as a writer, when I read, of course, I'm going to pay attention to how well a piece is written. I guess that's like shoemakers noticing people's shoes first. So when I'm reading and if I come across a typo or a grammatical error I will immediately judge that piece. You know, everything kind of shifts down a notch and I just think, "Uh, should I continue? I call into question everything about that piece." So, and I don't know if I'm judging too harshly, but um this is my view. So, incorrect grammar will immediately undermine your whole piece. It calls into question your integrity as an author. It doesn't matter if you've written a masterpiece. If you have typos or grammar mistakes, the reader will assume you're lazy. Maybe they'll question your logic, your accuracy, your evidence. So you're no longer an authority and you lose the reader's attention and their respect. That's what I feel. It may be too harsh. But it really is just so important. If you're in the business of writing, it's so important to get your writing right. Even if you're not in the business of writing, if you are a dev and your tech lead has just asked you to write a post for the company blog, you just really want to make sure your grammar is correct.
2: Not really explicitly. I mean, I think I've internalized the grammar of English to such an extent now both writing and doing proofreading, that it's not something that's like explicitly at the forefront of my mind. I think more it's something that you're thinking about when you're an editor, like you're reading the thing with a different kind of eye. You're reading it with an eye for spotting mistakes. When you're writing, you're usually not thinking like that and you have to go back when you edit your own work and maybe try to look at it like that. But often you actually miss things as well because if you've been writing it and reading over it, 10 times already there might be a a phrase or a sentence that you have copy pasted from below or moved around a few times and the way that you've inserted it you know in your head what it should say Uh, but you have left another word in and so the mistakes i mean i think in things that i write the mistakes that might appear more likely a result of me editing the piece and forgetting to take another word out and then trying to proofread it myself but because I've been reading it so many times already, I just like skip the step that I skipped the, the crucial spot already, and my brain fills it in with what the correct alternative should be. So I think as a writer, it's not something that I think about. And I think it's actually very difficult to think about it explicitly as a writer, because you're if at least if you've internalized what the correct grammar is, because you're kind of you you, you skip you can skip over these areas. But as an editor, it's much more prominent.
3: To round out the writer's perspective one of the reasons that we write as a team is because the the result of working on a piece that, that two of us or three of us or four of us work on is always going to be better than the result of only one of our work one of the reasons is because when you're reading your own work you're reading what you wanted to write and you're reading what you imagined you wrote and not necessarily what your fingers did um when you stayed up too late after dinner to finish something
4: as a writer Obviously, it's very important to have good grammar, and you probably don't want to be told that you're making grammar errors. But as a writer, I think the gram editing code is really healthy because many of us haven't really thought or talked about grammar in any sort of real way since college, maybe even farther back to like middle school or grade school I think it's honestly it's just helpful to have like a refresh on like basic grammar rules there's a lot of things that you can forget even if you're a writer who is supposed to be looking at grammar every single day sometimes you can look at the like official grammar rules and you'll be like oh I've been doing that wrong for a while everyone's really nice at OSP so they'll just correct you nicely (laughs)
0: Now this writing code is important to readers for many different reasons.
1: I, I think that um, I think that grammar errors are bad and they're easily avoidable. So there are a lot of accessible tools these days that will help you avoid grammar errors. It also speaks to the value of a technical editor because sometimes those tools, you know, don't pick up things. So you'd need a human. And let's think about this. The reason you're writing something is because you're trying to convey information. Maybe you're trying to persuade people. You're trying to convert them. You're trying to get them to do an action. If you have grammatical errors, it undermines your message. Um, you're going to lose your reader in that they're not going to do what you want them to do. If you are just trying to convey information, are they even going to believe that information? If, if you have grammar errors and you didn't find them, were you too lazy to pick them up? Why should they believe what you're saying? So you're not a credible voice on the topic or if you're trying to get them to click here, buy now, join the community, why should they act if you've got grammar errors in, in that piece of writing? You're losing their trust, their confidence in you as a writer. So we started out this episode and I was thinking – Grammar—it's it, a small piece. It, it's an obvious piece, but really, now that we wrap up, I can see how important this code really is, and I hope that all our listeners can too.
2: As an editor, I mentioned that you have an alarm bell going off, but I think readers often do have this as well. They might not immediately be able to pinpoint the the source of disease, but I think they'll know that something is a bit off. And again, this just comes back to like, and then as soon as they notice something is a bit off, you've lost them. They no longer have confidence in in what you're saying. And then they might actually start to be preoccupied with proofreading your texts rather than paying attention to the content.
3: Right, that could get super distracting. And the reason why open strategy partners exist is to write and create functional communication, Um, mostly words, we do other things too. And the functional communication is to show a potential adopter of a technology, a potential purchaser of a service, here's what this technology does, and here's how you could benefit from that. And give them a path to a conversion, to download and install an open source package, to buy something, uh, to, to book a demo. And functional writing can be interesting, can be beautiful, but there's always a purpose behind it. And our purpose is to build trust and credibility for the people we're writing with so that that conversion can happen. And if we're distracting them with bad form in any number of ways, then it's really hard to build that trust.
4: The gram editing code is, it's not always necessary, depending on what kind of writing or reading you're doing. Like social media, not exactly a place where I expect there to be perfect grammar. And if you are expecting that, you're going to be disappointed. But when it comes to, Reading something, one of the first things you're looking for as a reader is a signal of trust. Like, why should I trust the information that's being presented to me here? Why should I trust the person who's writing about it? And having correct grammar is just a simple way to build at least one block of trust I know that's true for me as a writer. I don't know if I'm more sensitive to that just because I am a writer and editor. Um, I think most people will tolerate some errors, but I think it can erode trust the more they add up. So it's better to just have airtight grammar as much as you can, just because it's a simple way to build trust with readers.
0: I hope you, dear listener, didn't find any glaring errors in our words today. Please forgive us and remember to check your own writing using a tool, an editor, or by walking away and looking at your work with a fresh pair of eyes. Share your examples or questions with us via Twitter at open underscore strategy or email hello at openstrategypartners.com. Next time you're writing, be mindful of word choices that contain references to time. Oh, and speaking of time, yesterday I bought six watches. You could say I have a lot of time on my hands. How do you use date in your writing? Share your examples or questions with us via Twitter at open underscore strategy or email hello at openstrategypartners.com. This was one of the editorial codes we use at OSP. If you'd like to learn more in the meantime, come on over to openstrategypartners.com. Have a look on our writer enablement workshops, case study offering, or get in touch to talk about your strategy or product communication needs. Thanks to everyone who contributed to this podcast. All the peas at OSP. Thanks to our clients who believe in us. Shout out to Patrick Gaumont for our high-energy maple syrup-flavored theme music. And to Mike Snow for additional horn arrangements. Thank you for listening and subscribing. About our three themes on the podcast, you'll hear different members of the OSP team hosting episodes over time. Communicate. All Things Communication. We share how we tackle writing, editing, word choices, formats, processes, and more. Connect in-depth conversations with interesting, smart people about who they are, what they do, and how they approach their life and work as communicators, technologists, and leaders. Grow. We cover approaches to understanding and expressing the value of what you do, including tools, templates, and practices. We also feel strongly about building a mindful, positive, human first culture at work. That's bound to pop up from time to time, too. This podcast is us figuring out communication, connection, together. Subscribe now on YouTube, Apple Pod, the podcast channel of your choice.
3: I never would have thought that we would have had, is that correct? Yes. <laughs> when it comes out of my mouth, it sounds wild. I never would have thought that we would have had so much to say about this code. I thought we could have had the whole podcast with Chris's first statement. <laughs> <laughs>